0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to True Crime Pillow Talk with me, Kristen. I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving with all of your family and friends. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone for sharing, liking, reviewing, and rating, listening, downloading, all of the above. My first episode Um, We actually have reached a few different countries, cities, and states. Um, I didn't expect that for my first podcast episode, um, but you all helped me do that, so thank you for that. Today we'll be talking about Belle Guinness. Um, She was portrayed as a heroic mother at first, and then it turned into be something other than that, um, she is actually considered a serial killer, and they believe that at first that she was dead as well with her children, but it turns out that she possibly wasn't. So, let's get started. Belle Guinness was born November 11th, 1859. She was born in Selbu, Norway, to Paul in Burrit, Storset. Her first name was Brynhild Palsdatter Sorsett, and she was one of eight children. At the age of 14, she began work for na- her neighbors on their farms by milking and herding cattle to save money so she could move stateside to New York. When she moved to New York in 1881 at age of 22, she changed her name to Belle. And then proceeded to move to Chicago to join one of her sisters, Nellie. While she was in Chicago, she worked as a domestic servant and then onto a butcher shop cutting up animal carcasses until she got married to a guy named Mad Sorson in 1884 at the age of 25. Mads and Belle opened a candy shop, and then shortly after they opened the candy shop, their home and the candy shop burned down to the ground and they got a large insurance payout. They had two babies in the home, and both of them died from inflammation of the large intestine, which actually comes from poisoning. Um, When both the babies died, Bell collected a large insurance payout from both children as well, but there started, that started some rumors around the town um, due to the fact that No one in the town ever saw Belle pregnant. Um, They never noticed that she was pregnant or anything like that. So when they found out that two children that were living in their home passed away, they were confused. Um, Where did these two children come from? How did y'all get these two children? Um, Are they your children? You know, stuff like that. So there was a lot of rumors going around about that. But they... It was never investigated or looked into. Um, after they passed away, uh, Mads had purchased two life insurance policies on July 30th, 1890. And it just so happened that he died the same day that he got those life insurance policies. According to Bell, when Mads Sorson came home, That day after collecting those two life insurance policies, he stated he had a headache. She gave him medicine and let him rest. And later that day, she checked on him and she stated he was dead. Reports state that he died of cerebral hemorrhaging and Guinness collected a money from both expiring life insurance policies and the one that was created that same day. Making a whopping five thousand dollars, and to sum that up, five thousand dollars in eighteen ninety is equal to one hundred fifty-one thousand nine hundred seventy-one dollars and ninety-eight cents today in twenty twenty. After the payouts from the large companies, she then moved to Laporte, Indiana, where she bought a pig farm. Pel- uh, Bell moved on from. Mads, obviously, after that, and she got into her second marriage, which was with Peter Gunnis on April 1st, 1902. So the marriage was a joke, and that's why it was on April Fool's Day, (laughs) in my opinion. But there was a big plot twist to this story, and um, the plot twist was that not even a week after they got married, it was like exactly a week after they got married, uh, Guinness ha- had a daughter, and she was in Belle's care, and she had left, uh, Belle had l- had the daughter at the house, but Peter had left to go do something that day, and when he came home, Bell's Belle, um, showed Peter that his daughter was dead. Um, it doesn't really state much as to how she died, so... It was pretty weird, but she passed away and then only eight months later after the daughter had passed away, Peter passed away as well to a skull injury. Belle's story to that death is that Peter was reaching for something on a top shelf when a meat grinder fell and smashed his skull in. The district coroner actually suspected murder and wanted to investigate in it, but nothing ended up happening in the case. And Bell got another payout from the insurance company, and it was $3,000 to be exact. After this, this is where her disappearance start happening. Um, Bell places an ad, um, an ad in the Chicago newspaper in 1905 for marriages, um, and she had a few bites at it, and her first one was Harry Gerholt. He lived in Wisconsin and he moved to Laporte for Guinness, of course. And Henry wrote his family once he got to the farm. He told his family that he liked the farm, his health was great, and he needed he needed some seed potatoes to be sent to him. So they sent all that over to him. But after that first letter, it was like the first and only letter that they had received because his family never heard from him again. The Gerholtz ended up reaching out to Belle and she actually claimed that Henry left with horse traders to Chicago and that she got to keep his trunk and fur overcoat, which was pretty weird because, one, they didn't believe about the horse traders. Um, and if he did do that, they feel, they felt like he would reach out to them and let them know because he was a family man. Um, and they also didn't understand why he left his trunk and his fur coat. Cause that's really all he had whenever he moved was his trunk with a few things in it and his fur coat, which was expensive. Um, and Belle just made it seem like he just left it with her. Like, you know, he didn't want it or anything like that. So she just got to keep it. And so his family was a little off about that, but they didn't really investigate on it or get any Further detail in regard to that. Um, in 1906, Bell actually got another answer from her ad. His name is John Mo. He was from Minnesota. They wrote each other for several months, actually, before Mo traveled to Laporte, and he withdrew a large lump sum of cash to bring with him to Bell's house because that was her thing to them was you got to keep this move a secret move from where you are pack up all your stuff take all the money out of your accounts you know collect the most money that you can collect and then come to me and you can live with me and really she just did this to all the guys that answered her in the ads um once he traveled from Minnesota to Laporte and he got there no one ever saw Mo again there was a carpenter who was doing work at Belle's house, and sh- he stated that he saw most trucks, most truck, and a dozen others at her home. A dozen other, like, cars and trucks that were sitting there that really weren't hers, um, and he just really didn't dig into it or anything like that. He was making, you know, money and stuff from doing the work around Belle's house, so he didn't question it or anything like that. It' Not his business, not his place it is what I took from it. In 1908, her crimes came to light when her farmhouse burned to the ground and authorities found the bodies of a headless adult woman they believed to have been Belle and then her three children were also dead in the home. Um, And during the investigation, partial remains of at least 11 people were found in the property. During the discovery of her and her children, Laporte police were contacted by a cell who found letters between his brother Andrew and Bell? Bell recently told him to re- relocate to Laporte, bring money, and keep the move a secret. In the letters, a cell made a visit to the farm and found soft depressions in the yard, and he started digging in the depressions. In the depression, he found a sack, a burlap sack that had two hands, two feet, and one head. A cell recognized the body parts and stated that those were, in fact, his brother, who had not heard from and moved from moved to Laporte for Bell. So once they did that, he contacted the investigators or the police to let them know, "Hey, you know, I found these burlap sacks in Bell's yard. There's soft depressions all over the yard, and I believe that someone needs to get out here." and dig these depressions up and see what's going on because I know my brother's not the only one that's here. And I recognize these body parts and I can tell you for a fact that that's my brother. So after further digging and investigation, uh, investigating at the site, multiple sacks were found with, according to investigators, they were found with torsos, hands, arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly there was trash all over the yard in different spots which proved to be grave sites each arm found was removed from the shoulder and each leg found was severed at the knees and all the skulls showed blunt trauma and gashes and they were all found separately from the bodies. So all the bodies would be on like one side of the yard and then the heads would be somewhere else in the yard but not anywhere close to the other body parts so that if the heads were found and the limbs were found you couldn't be able to match them together unless you ran like forensics and you know like did DNA tests and stuff like that and in 1908 it wasn't you know investigating like that, forensics and stuff like that, wasn't like really, really good as it is today. So it was kind of harder back then to piece the puzzles together with DNA and forensics versus today if you were to go to Belle's house and dig these depressions and find all these burlap sacks, you would be able to piece together what limbs go with what head, so on and so forth. So it was a little different back then. And um, it's said that the reason she knew how to like dismember these bodies is because we're going back to when um, at the beginning of the story, she worked for a butcher shop and she cut up the animal carcasses. So it tends to be said that her being able to do this and like sever bones and like pieces of bodies is coming from when she did that to the animals. So, moving forward, the investigators found five bodies on the first day of digging, and then found another six on the second day of digging. Some of the bodies were in shallow graves under the hog pen, and others were found near an outhouse in a lake on her property. However, most of the remains were not able to be identified going back to DNA and stuff like that, you know, it's pretty hard to identify these bodies. And the only reason that some bodies were even identified was because family came in to Gunness's farm to see if maybe that's what happened to their relatives as well, was like if their relatives were cut up and dismembered and just thrown in a shallow grave that she dug or had somebody else dig for her and put them in burlap sacks and spread them all across the ground and in different parts of the yard and stuff like that. So that's the only reason that some of these were identified and majority of the bodies weren't identified because there was a lot of families that had no idea, you know, that their family member had left to go live with her and, you know, be a part of her marriage ad and marry her and stuff like that mind you everybody that was in these marriage ads nobody married her they were all killed before they could marry her because it's stated that she had a on-again off-again lover named Ray Lamphere and he was actually arrested and convicted with arson in connection to a fire weird So, when Ray was actually arrested, he was wearing Henry's fur coat and Henry's watch. The ones that were pretty weird that his family, like, thought it was weird that he left. So, when they talked to Ray about this arson that he committed and it it wasn't in regard to anything that had to do with bell's he wasn't he wasn't convicted for any of Bell's fires. he was convicted for another fire that happened in the town that they were in laporte and whenever it happened, he actually wanted to inform investigators of what was actually happening at bell's home so he confessed that bell was placing ads in the newspaper seeking male companionships so she could actually rob them and then murder them when they came to her farm so when this all came about and investigators were looking through and trying to identify the bodies there were a lot of you know people that obviously were not identified and the reason being is because in her letters to these men it stated you know, something along the line of she wanted him to move, that certain someone, to move to LaPorte, Indiana. And when they moved there, they just needed to do it quietly. So they needed to pack up all their stuff, collect as much money as they could, get in their truck or their whatever they were driving, and come to LaPorte. But you cannot tell anyone. This is a secret. You're not going to be able to contact your family when you get here, you know, like stuff like that. Like you got to keep it a secret where you're going and how you're getting there, you know, stuff like that. But we're going to get married when you get here. We're going to get married. And she would talk to guys for these marriage ads for like several months, several weeks, you know, stuff like that to get them intrigued into moving. And like she would like manipulate them into thinking like, oh, if you move here, this is what you're going to get. If you move there, this is what you're going to get. You know, stuff like that. And we're going to be married in a happy family, like a happy family and stuff like that. And this is going to be what you want and stuff like that. So she would just like manipulate them and do anything that she could to make sure that she got them. All in all, everything that she did from the murders of her first husband, her second husband, the kids, all of that was to get money. If we go back and notice in this story, she collects all the insurance money. She is bringing these guys in and telling them to bring all their money that they have, and her reason being is because she just wanted to rob them and kill them. That was it. Ray actually informed investigators as well that the body they believed to that they found that they believed was Belle in her house with the kids, that her own kids that she killed in this fire, was actually a body that was chosen to be planted in the burned house to distract investigators while she ran away. So that's why it's alleged that she isn't dead, or at the time she wasn't dead, and it's unknown when she actually died. They have, like, on her biography and stuff like that, it's like that she's born November 11th 1859 and died November uh sorry April 24th 1908 but it states unverified. And that's the reason is because Ray informs the investigators that the body that was found with a severed head actually was a body that was planted to distract investigators. It was also stated that one of the brothers of her many victims contacted Belle before the fire happened at her house and the body was planted to let her know that he was coming to visit and investigate the disappearance of his brother because he had not heard anything from his brother. Also, Ray was considered her Belle's hired hand, um, and she called him that because they were, in fact, obviously, on-again, off-again lovers. So, investigators believed that Ray was actually a part of all of these crimes. Although he never admitted to it, and clearly Bell's not here to say he was a part of it, or he did this, or he did that in the killings. Because of that, you know, really they couldn't charge him on anything because of the simple fact that he... Is the one that came out and confessed to everything that she was doing. Because they were digging in the yard. And stuff like that. And technically. Ray was considered like living at Belle's house. So it's not like he was just. A handyman that came over whenever a pipe busted or something like that. No. They were sleeping together. They were technically living together. And he was helping around the house and fixing things and knew all these different things about Belle and like her ads and stuff like that. Investigators actually believed at one point that he was the mastermind behind majority of this, if not some of it. And she's just the one that took the plan and put it in place. So that's all that I have on Belle. Next week, we're going to be talking about a lady named Candy Montgomery. And um, she's like a little Christian lady. And she killed one of her best friends, Betty Gore. And I'll let you find out if it was because of an affair or a rival. But thank you again for listening and tuning in to True Crime Pillow Talk with me, Kristen. I appreciate all of you. Thank you again. And I will see you all next Monday. Have a great day. Bye.